I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Set. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. This is Polly on the show where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And this week, our routine is changing around here in the uh, stay-at-home quarantined household. And I'm thinking about how we can all together create a routine, a process really, an approach that feels good to all of us as we head into the new school year. Because this week I have a high school freshman in the house and she's actually starting school from a desk in the corner of the living room. How's that for a new approach? We're working at home. She'll be remote learning. The schools where we live in Oregon are not open uh, yet for in-person school. I think we're going to get there. I don't know when, but right now this is the situation we're in. And it's also interesting because my husband is working at home half the time to limit exposure at his office. And I work at home all the time, sort of. Now I have everyone and a bunch of animals and we're all doing the thing. So my goal really this week as we start this new routine and adapt into this fall schedule is I want to create this kind of calm. I want to create some excitement around the first week of school and start with a routine that's going to help us find the focus we need as a family to get through this year, even while we're all working at home. And that means we all have a lot to learn. We all have to adapt. We have to be creative thinkers. And, and kind thinkers, right? We have to be easy with the, ourselves and each other. And that's okay, because we can learn these things, we can practice these things, and we can get better at all of them. Whether you have a student returning to school or you're changing job schedules and processes, we all have routines to manage. And I think today's topic and today's S2 interview are going to talk us through it and help us all learn how to do it better. Today, I have my friend, Trisha Thompson. She just happens to be brilliant, like all my friends. <laughs> do you like that, Trish? I do, I do like that, Polly. <laughs> I mean, we have to do that for each other. Nobody else is telling us of our brilliance, but well, I, think I, she, I think you're brilliant. <laughs> Your you daughter's also... not telling you how brilliant you are all no, the time? I, oh. I tell my teenage daughter every day how brilliant I am, and she just looks at me with this. Yeah, 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 I know. I'm right there with you. Thank you for the nice compliment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think my friends are smart. I always learn a lot from you and you're a school psychologist a behavior specialist and this is the biggie a mother of three yep thompson is here to help us navigate this stuff today hi trish hi polly thank you so much for having me i love your podcast well this is you know we can pretend we're doing business but this is the stuff i need to learn so yeah uh, right thanks for being here trish is dedicated to helping parents create improve fulfillment and results in their own families which hello people this is why i'm friends with folks like her and trish i mean you not only have the professional expertise but you've had a lot of experience dealing with different learners and struggling learners as a parent too right yeah absolutely so as a school psychologist you know we really specialize in helping students with learning differences we identify those differences we help them get services we problem solve and you know before i ever had kids that's my specialty is behavior and learning differences and supporting those and then you have your own kids and you see it from a completely different angle 
and some of those professional skills that you're taught aren't as helpful when you're in the slogging of parenting learning differences. And so um, it's been really fascinating to have a seat at both sides of the table, the parent side and the educator side. Um, and what that's taught me is just some really cool things that um, have been really empowering and freeing. And so I love to share those. Well, that's what I want to get into today. And when you say empowering and freeing, are you talking about helpful for the kids? Or do we need to start at the parenting level first and really work with ourselves so that we can bring that good energy to our children? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, a lot of times we're kind of duped into this thought that we control our kids. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fantasy. um, (laughs) It's a fantasy. Like if we're good and we do A plus B, we get C. Like it's some math equation. Like if you're a good parent and you do these things, then everything will line up and there will be no difficulties. And when you're in the ring parenting, you realize that that is just a fantasy. And um, so that is something that I think helps us see that doing our own work to show up happy and fulfilled um, is really, really important when we're parenting all of our kids, but especially kids that are having some learning struggles and especially going into a really weird, different time like we are this fall, right? That causes some angst and anxiety for kids and for parents. So it makes it that much more important to really be focused on the things we can control and to get the most bang for our buck so we can be efficient and pour our soul energy into the things that will actually bring us some peace and a process that works. I love that. And I think this is a lesson for everything we talk about here on the show and everything for me in my life is focused on what I can do. And that's not everything, right? And I don't need to do everything, right? I don't need to control everything. Absolutely. How do I start thinking about this? I've got a daughter who's a freshman in high school and she's mm-hmm. in the living room. What, how do yeah. I start thinking about how to bring value to this year for her and support her? Well, I think we start with a couple of things. Um, expectations is a great place to start. Our expectations of what this fall will look and feel like for all of us. Um, that's a really important place to start, I think. This is a tricky one for me because um, I was a really good student. And part of the reason I was a really good student is is, uh, I was a people pleaser and that made Mm -hmm. people happy when I got good grades, right? Mm -hmm. And I knew how to play by the rules. Now, I have a daughter who's uh, an intelligent person who when she puts the effort out does really well, but she doesn't care about things that I care about in the same way. That has been a problem for me. I I want her to do what I want her to do, right? Yes. (laughs) And she's going to do her own thing. Yeah. So adjusting expectations, how do I think about that going in? Do I care about grades this year or -hmm. do I care about mental wellness this year? Because it already feels a lot different. Well, I'll tell you a couple things about the science of expectations that we know. And, um, one is, have you ever had, Polly, like that sinking feeling of disappointment? Yeah. You, you yeah. know, where you, you've got something set up in your mind about how something's going to go and it doesn't go that way. And you literally can feel the sinking feeling of disappointment. There is a scientific reason for that. And mm. um, that is that unmet expectations actually cause plummeting dopamine levels. And that Mm. is a neurotransmitter that helps us feel good. 
encourages us to repeat behaviors. It's the fun chemical, it makes us happy. So when we set our expectations and they're unrealistic or they're not workable, right. or they're kind of magical, right? Then we are setting ourselves up for that disappointment and for um, a really unpleasant experience. Yeah, we call that algebra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the opposite is also true if we set realistic achievable expectations that creates a dopamine burst mm. when we achieve and meet our expectations so we actually want to take some time before school starts to think about what are my expectations and there's some kind of questions you can ask yourself around that okay um you know is it is it magical thinking like your second grader needed a ton of support on um, online learning last year, but you're thinking because they're a third grader, they're suddenly going to mm -hmm. be completely independent. We want to look for magical thinking in our expectations. It's like, well, why would that actually happen? Or am I just like wishful thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we want to look at if we're thinking it's something we should, something should be mm -hmm. happening. Like you're too old to be needing that much help. You should be more independent. I think that's a big one for me as a mother too. I mean, yeah, huge for me. Shoot ourselves into everything. You know, I mm -hmm. should be making this great breakfast. I yes. should be putting on like pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Things have changed. I should be, yes. you know, dressing more professionally or whatever it is. And, and, um, you either do or you don't. It, it, you know, what is, is what is. And, and there's no sense in wasting time there. If our daughter, uh, really struggled with algebra and it didn't matter what she should be doing. That's where we were. And, and me yeah. expecting something different than what was is not helpful mm -hmm. to anyone. So I let that go, you know? Yeah. And looking at outcomes, like if we're focused on outcomes, needing a certain outcome to happen mm -hmm. in our expectation, that's a red flag mm -hmm. because you can't actually control the outcome of if your child gets a good grade or not. Mm -hmm. You may be able to influence the processes through the boundaries that you set and all of that, but in the end, you're not in control of those outcomes. So if that, there's a yes. certain outcome attached to our expectation, we might want to rework that expectation. I think that is a, I, I'm just having a moment. That is oh, a good. great point because it's like this with anything. I can write all these books and send them out in the world. I yes. Can't, I can't control how many books I sell or who buys those, all these, I can influence certain things, absolutely, but, but not all the things. And so the grades, no matter how hard your kid is working or how much they're learning, that mm -hmm. may not be impacted, that may not affect their grade one way or the other. Yeah. yeah and it's totally true. I mean, how enjoyable would the process of writing books be if you were attached to the outcome and that was your expectation was mm -hmm. that every time you sent out this thing, it was going to get Mm -hmm. you know, high praise and uh, some sort of contract attached to it, you'd be miserable all the time because yeah. you don't control that. Yeah. So it's the same for our kids and our expectations of ourselves in this new kind of learning environment and our expectations, you know, even the expectation that I should be in a good mood about this, mm. you know, like, should I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some language that we can use and some mindsets that we can have that might improve our outlook. Um, and so that's another thing we can talk about. But, 
yeah, like you said, that you should wear pants. Um, and I put that out on my um, Facebook group the other day, mm. like, should I make my, my child wear non-pajama pants to school, even though it's on distance learning? And it was really interesting to see the huge dichotomy of answers. Mm -hmm. And none of them was right or wrong. It was just, you know, these are our expectations in our house. This is how I'd manage that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I, at what point do you start talking to your children about this? You have a little one, elementary school, and you have two high schoolers. Do you, yeah. do you talk about expectations around school with your kids? Do you talk about their goals for themselves? Can they talk about it with you? Yeah, I think that um, in parenting, we are on the delicate balance beam of balancing constantly understanding and connecting with our kids and nurturing and then discipline and boundaries. And if you can imagine that you're on this balance beam teetering back and forth, both are incredibly imperative ingredients to parenting. And it's very hard to strike that balance. But I always say, start with connection. Hmm. You're gonna get a lot farther with any child, especially your own, if they feel understood first by you. So mm -hmm. I think asking questions around their thoughts and feelings, asking questions around their goals and expectations for themselves is a great way to mine that gold. And um, your boundaries may be different than theirs, right? They may not think that it's important to show up on time to the Zoom call, but you may set that boundary that that's what's required. But if they know that you heard them and you got it, even though you might disagree, Mm -hmm. That is a helpful platform from which to parent all kids, but especially teens. Mm -hmm. And it's great to practice when they're little. Yeah, I love um, some of the structures we put in place that were so hard when she was little are now just how our family operates. So some of this takes care of itself, you know, like, yeah, that is it, right? It, That's the power helps. of routine and ritual. Right. Yes. We yeah. have um, a lot of natural consequences, which yeah. was really hard for me, but you know, my feeling is her teachers in this case uh, have have said there's an expectation that she check in at certain times or school starts at a certain time and they want, they're going to take attendance or whatever it is. I'm not sure exactly how it's going yet, but yeah. And that means that if she's not there, then someone else will be holding her accountable and she gets to answer to them. And then I can adapt and see what needs to happen on this end to support that. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so, I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you mentioned, you know, you're mentioning the power of routines and rituals and exactly what you're saying is what we really want to be mindful of setting up our structures and our non-negotiables ahead of time and being pretty structured and firm on those to begin with because it's much easier to have a routine and then decide to be flexible than it is to start out open-ended and then decide you're going to drop the hammer. It's way harder to go that way than it is to just be like, here's how we're starting. And if you need to later down the road, you can adjust it. But things like, um, you know, can they have their phone with them or next to them during school? Things like when can video games be turned on during the school day, you know? Um, can kids get up early before school and do video games? Things to think about in your household that might be touchy. Mm -hmm. You might want to have firm in your mind 
what are your boundaries around that and communicate them clearly and have them um, really followed through with at the beginning for sure. Are there right or wrong answers to the phone question, for example? Because you know, we've talked that that's always been an issue for something to talk about. Oh my gosh, Polly, if there could be a right or wrong answer and I could be given that and just say, (laughs) yeah, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Wouldn't that be amazing? The hard part is, um, you know, our kids and raising them, it's not a math problem. It's not two plus two equals four. We can kind of start out with the idea of there's this right way to do it. And then for our own individual child, um, especially when you have three kids, you can see that what works for one does not always work for the other. However, I have what's right and wrong for me. Mm-hmm. I have what feels comfortable for me. And I might be wrong about that, but that's where I'm going to start. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to start with, this is what feels comfortable to me. I might be wrong and old fashioned, and I might even change my mind. But for now, this is how we're going to run it, because that's the only answer I can truly trust. I, and I love that. And, and you helped me to think about that. It, it's okay for me to do something just today and say, hey, this is where I'm at today. And this is yes. what feels right today. And so we're doing it this way today. And, you know, we started in the spring. We had, uh, I think our school closed around spring break and mm-hmm. she still had lessons to do. And she really, really wanted to study at her desk in her room and have her set up. And we did that. And we did that Mm -hmm. for about a week and we crashed and burned because she is a very visceral, talkative learner. She wanted to see what was going on in the house and she wanted to talk to me about something she learned when I walked by and in her room, she could not find her focus. So Mm -hmm. I changed my mind. We changed our mind. We right midstream, we did it differently and we found our stride and it worked better for everyone. And I just said that, you know, I know that I said this, but I'm changing my mind and we're going to do it this way for a week. And this is what we're doing now, you know, and I don't feel like as parents, I don't have to explain it further than that. And it's a good thing because I don't, I don't know when I'm going to change my mind. And just try explaining something to your teenager and then having them happily agree. I I mean, you could say we're getting pizza every day (laughs) this week for dinner and they'd find something that to push back on. So no, you're exactly right, Polly. It's brilliant. You don't have to justify it. They don't have to understand it. What they are getting from you in that moment is that you trust yourself and that it's okay to trust yourself in the face of disagreement. And um, you take the game off the playing field of right and wrong. And I think that um, we do that to our kids a lot. Like you and me have talked so much about being people pleasers and just falling right in line of all the right good Mm -hmm. things to do. Mm -hmm. And as you know, that can serve you in some ways, it also is a disservice to our kids in other ways. So if we can just show them, I mean, talk about resisting peer pressure, that comes from the ability to know what you want and feels okay and comfortable to you and be comfortable communicating that with other people, even if they aren't in agreement. Mm -hmm. And um, so we want to model that we want to have that boundary setting of I'm not sure where to begin. So I'm just going to start here. This is where yeah. I'm comfortable right now. It could change. I don't know. Yeah, I, I love that. I really think one of the things that happens as we as we age from the time we're little all the way till we're ancient prehistoric times like myself is <laughs> that we 
can change our mind and the world is changing around us and we can be adaptive and agile and there's some fun and creativity in that too. I'm glad yeah. I'm not stuck doing what I was doing 10 years of. My life is richer than it was because yeah. I'm a different person. And I think we've often been raised and I think we do this as a culture. I hear myself doing it with some uh, rules of behavior for my daughter, where we look at the world in terms of right and wrong. And it's never that. And when you're mm -hmm. that rigid, all that happens is you break apart when you don't get the right answer. When you can yeah. flex with it, it's like a building swaying in an earthquake. You kind of sway and it, it's uncomfortable, but it doesn't, it doesn't crumble, you know? It doesn't and, topple over. That's right. right. We, um, is it Angela Duckworth and Grit that talks about the fragile perfect. Right. And that's, you know, the child that's raised just to achieve and be pleasing. And the second they can't control something, their world falls apart. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that um, we have that growth mindset in our language. We have that curiosity and a sense of wonder instead of a, you know, a desperate attempt to try to hold everything together, even though we don't know what the heck's going on. Right. Absolutely. And I think so, this is a great opportunity. As we've told our daughters, listen, nobody ever in our area and, and mostly the world has ever done it like this. So she gets to be the first class in high school starting like this. She can make it whatever she wants to make it. It, it's yeah. totally open to create this experience. And, and I think that brings us to the Simply Nifty segment today, which is where I talk about my favorite thing. And one thing that we know about resilience is one of the factors of resilience is if you believe you are resilient, you are more resilient. It's simply mm. the stories we tell ourselves. And there's lots of research that backs this up that says, listen, if you think you're resilient, you're going to act in resilient ways until you practice the skills and hone the skills that make you stronger. And if nothing else, I want all of us to learn that during this yeah. time. We are in a unique situation, and that means we also have a unique opportunity to grow and take care of each other and learn and, and find humor and creativity in these moments. And that's one of my goals for my daughter this year, and I've talked to her about it, is like, listen, I don't know how this is going to go, what it's going to feel like or look like, but I, I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to feel more capable. I want you to feel like you can figure things out as we go through it, because I think that skill is going to show up for her the rest of her life. Absolutely. That is such a great point is it's that growth mindset again of praising process, focusing on process, focusing on figuring it out, falling down and getting back up and not being sidelined by that. You know, that that's the good stuff. And sometimes the outcome may be great. Sometimes it might not be so great. You right. know, I mean, haven't you learned from the hardest, worst mistakes you've made? Those are the things that teach us the most usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we and they're, they're all okay. Yeah, it's we don't okay. wish it upon ourselves, but here it is. <laughs> here it is. So, you know, what we can have as an expectation, again, is we can have an expectation that out of this craziness, we are going to grow and learn leaps and bounds. And um, we don't know what that's going to look like, but you can pretty much guarantee that we're all going to learn something about yeah. ourselves um, and about living in this world, you know, and, and how unpredictable it can be. So. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah. I like that. That's hopeful to me, right? That, yeah. That's what hope is. Yeah. That that's exactly possibility. right. You yeah. know, I want to get into, before we sign off here, I want to get into some practicalities. We touched yeah. on the importance of a routine. What does this look like in the house? Do 
kids want the structure of a set desk? Is, is all this fluid, like you said, we just try different things? Do they need to have a set place to go, a set time to start? Yeah. What do you think? Where I would start as, you know, someone that specializes in learning is I would start with a learning area. I'd have a learning area available. I would have, you know, um, a learning area that has right on hand the stuff you're going to need your ipad or your chromebook your writing utensils you know have everything in one set place and um i kind of like to think of it i heard this on some other podcast and i can't remember which podcast it was but i loved the analogy which is think of this as um a house with furniture hmm. so the house is the structure those are the things that you're going to provide that are kind of there set in stone and then the furniture are the things that you are flexible about that you can move around. So I would set up a structure that's going yeah. to be conducive to good learning. So having a learning place, access to all of your materials, that's a great place to start. Um, but to make it fun, because we want dopamine going off here, we want kids engaged, creative, having fun, that creates a thinking brain and it helps focus um, so we want those things so we can look at the furniture the things we can be flexible about and what i always say to my kids is school is non-negotiable but how you do it where you do it some of those things are flexible so um, for learners of all ages having a variety of writing materials really helps some people love to write in colorful pens letting kids write with scented markers mm. having a whiteboard available so they can write down stuff little kids love a whiteboard you know does your child with a learning difference type their paper themselves or do they use dictation you know there's lots of ways to be flexible but i would always start with you have a start time where kids are going to be there they're going to be on time and there's going to be a routine around it what time do they get up what do they have for breakfast you're going to want to set up that routine and have it be the same every time so you want to have those basics set up you can have fit fidgets available so things like um those are mindless things you can do while talking or listening uh -huh. that um can help improve focus like doodling mm -hmm. So you can have, you know, paper there for doodling. You can have um, paper clips for bending into different shapes. You could even play catch with someone while they're talking and generating mm. ideas. Play catch or go for a walk. Those are all really great sensory yeah, things idea. that we can do. Um, that if a kid needs to get up from their desk, can they go outside and be in the backyard? Sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, can you, if the energy is going south, like, you know, I have a third grader this year. If you just get that energy, like, oh shoot, this is not going well. She's going down in flames. <laughs> it's great to have some fun backups already planned ahead of what you're going to do in the go down in flames day. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So for her, that's making a fort out of sheets and pillows and she can do her schoolwork in there and then she's excited and it's fun. Um, but you wanna have some kind of backup fun ideas on top of that structure that you place. The schedule, super important. Posting things visually is important. A visual schedule of, you know, what time are there Zoom calls that day? Having those things there is important. But if your child can't sit at a desk, 
then it's also important to be flexible about that. A brain that feels threatened does not learn. It completely shuts down. You know, and that makes so much sense to me. And yet we don't think of it like that. I don't know what it's going to require, but it certainly doesn't have to have people feeling bad and bad about themselves to learn. That's not what works ever. Absolutely. And I think it's really important too, to know that you're going to lose it. <laughs> Good news because you, I already have. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're going to lose it. Your yeah. daughter's going to lose it. The teachers are going to, everyone's going to have a lose it moment and probably <laughs> many of them because we all have a certain level of capacity, right? And just like I was talking about with our kids' brains, our brains are the same way. If it gets to a point where the, it feels threatened, like fight or flight here. I mean, most parents have a story from last year oh, where yeah. either them or their child or both were at a table crying and yelling at each other. <laughs> and those moments are going to happen because we are doing brand new things, unexpected things. It takes a tremendous amount of capacity to stay calm through all of those things. So it's okay to know you're probably going to lose it at some point and to just show up with an, I'm sorry, we're all doing the best we can here. I know you probably are too. And I just lost it. In our house, we call those do-overs. Nobody has an excuse. We apologize exactly. and we move on because sometimes we just all suck and it yes. doesn't mean we're not trying. It just means we need a do-over. We need to start again. Yeah. That's so brilliant. Love that. That Love brings us to the Simply Start segment. And today, I want us all to go out and create this learning space. Figure out where your kid's going to sit. Or if you're already in the process, talk to them about what they need in that space to help them focus or feel good or engaged. I mean, I already know that, that my kid's going to need a doodle pad and colored ink pens while people are talking. And she's always drawn. And, and so I, I have that in her corner and we'll we'll find out what else she would feel she likes to chew gum create that space customize it use this as a chance to connect with your kid find out what makes them feel good what would be special to them and then they are going to be more apt to do what they need to do and show up for their routine each day so Find, pick your starting point, right? Create that space and then start thinking about the routine. Trish, this has helped me a lot. I'm sure it's helped everybody listening. And you do more of this. You counsel with families one-on-one and coach. And how can people find you? I love doing coaching because sometimes people start out with this idea of, okay, I, I have a routine, I have this, and it's not working. Or my kid's different. How do I make it work for them and their learning differences? So... Um, the best place to find me is actually through my two social media accounts. One is Facebook, Learning Without Limits, LLC, and the other one is Instagram, at Learning Without Limits, LLC, and you can actually book appointments through my Facebook link, and you can also get my contact info, so it's super awesome. easy. Check and out Trisha's Facebook uh, group, because there's lots of really interesting stuff. You, I think you call it the car talk. You oh, yeah. give a tip every day or just share an experience that you're dealing with. And those are, I really think those are helpful and engaging. I think people can, uh, it's worth going to the Facebook page and, and checking out and Instagram, checking out her, her stuff is helpful. Thanks for being here, friend. 
Thank you, Polly. It was just like a backyard talk. This is like, these are what our conversations are. I think we have margaritas (laughs) out there. I'm not sitting here. It's been so fun. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And remember, as we go through this, it's okay to change your mind, change and adapt and allow yourself room to grow and do over and give your kids that space. We can adjust our expectations and our goals to fit the day and fit the moment, fit our mood, whatever we need to do. And there's no doubt that we can do this and do it well some days and get through the days that aren't so good. Believing that we can learn and grow is part of learning and growing. Tweet me and let me know what your fun factor is on your kid's desk or how you're setting things up at P.L. Campbell. You can find me on my Facebook page at Polly Campbell Author. Take a minute, think about the routine you want to set, and then give yourself some grace as you go forward. Taking an open and creative approach will not only help you and your kids thrive during this time, but it will also help us all learn to live well, do good, and be happy. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric cast.